Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 106 rushing yards. Six catches for 49 yards. Where's Samaj P. Right? Seven catches. For 97 yards, he's back. Understand, we still got two more months of the football round. So you gotta get your you gotta get your routine in order. I know you guys will. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That was a fired-up Cincinnati Bengals team, and boys, we are fired up as well coming off another big weekend. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry yep. and alongside Jay Croucher. Woo! Let's go. Sorry, I wasn't fired up, and then you said we were fired up. I'm like, oh, crap, are we supposed to be fired I'm, up? I'm I was, trying to I was trying to, like, I was, was going to be relaxed. I was trying to be like, oh, we went through a wild. I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, and then I'm like, oh. A lot of events. Barry boost. Now I got to be yeah. Barry boost hits. You should be Um, flying right uh, now. The football night in America. Both bets on football night in America hit. Um, The uh, the under on Dax passing and the over on Dax passing touchdowns. So that was nice to sort of split the middle there. Yeah, I just thought I'm like ah, good. Okay, we're just gonna have a nice relaxing Monday. And then Rogers is here like saying like, come on, we're all fired up. I'm like ah man, now I gotta. Gotta be energetic. I'm with you. Yeah, there was a lot that happened yesterday. Yeah, there was a lot that happened yesterday. A lot that happened this morning. You know, can I take one minute here? I think I can, just to complain (laughs) about people on Twitter. And here's what I mean. All right. So Baker Mayfield gets. We'll talk about this in a second. Baker Mayfield gets released. Baker Mayfield gets waived um, by the Panthers. Okay. Everyone in the universe, literally, like every people has the exact same tweet. Ooh, Baker the Niners. Baker the Niners. Baker the Niners. So like three hours later. I then tweet, hey, has anyone suggested Baker to the Niners? Right, I get, right, you know, like, and like, you know, half my replies are like, ha, 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 no, I think you're the first, you know, winking, right, you know, everything like that. Half my followers get it. The other half are like, no, actually, yeah, if you, you know, yeah, this person did, or yeah, this person did. Like, all going through all, well, the, all, first. all, the, all the zillion yeah. people that did actually say it, you know, unironically. And, um, and then there are other people, then there's a, there's a small subset of people that are like, that's actually, you know, not a bad idea. And like, <laughs> I hate half my followers. I'm not going to tell you guys which half, but like, uh, and I was just like, I was depressed. I was depressed because I'm like, they can't all be that dumb, can they? And then it turns out half of them are. Connor? No sar- sarcasm found on Twitter. Can't choose your friends sometimes. You can't, no, you can't no, choose your followers either. I know, clearly. You just, <sighs> yeah, you're I was just like, yeah, I was just like, whatever. All right, but anyway, fine. Let's talk Samaji P. Ryan. He was great. <laughs> yeah, let's follow up the Bengals' energy. They beat the Chiefs for the third straight time. At this point right now, the Bengals absolutely have the Chiefs' number. And Samaji P. Ryan, 155 total yards, Jay. So no Joe Mixon once again taking over here uh, as he's been hurt. But Samaji P. Ryan goes off. 
He goes off. Yes, Samaje Perine doing a little bit of work uh, the past two weeks. I think the thing with this game is that, yes, the Bengals win. Uh, I think the scoreline flattered the Chiefs. The Bengals should have won this by more. Tyler Boyd drops a walk-in touchdown, a kind of a Keystone Cops miss from him in the end zone. Bengals, they get stuffed on fourth and one deep in the red zone. Like, this game didn't feel that close watching it. Yes, Kelsey had got stripped, and that was weird. But outside of that, I mean, the Chiefs couldn't really do anything against the Bengals' no. defense relative to what you expect from the Chiefs. And then on the other side, whenever the Bengals got the ball, it just felt wrong if they didn't get 10 yards of play. So... Uh, the Bengals, they definitely assert themselves as a Super Bowl threat. Yeah, you know what? And I mean, from Samaji P. Ryan, like as big as his fantasy day was, right? I mean, 106 plus 6 for 49 on uh, through the air. He's the fourth best running back in fantasy in the two games that Joe Mixon has, has missed, averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. But his day should have been even bigger. Joe Burrow gets a one-yard touchdown run, which easily could have been P. Ryan. And then Chris Evans catches one pass. Happens to be eight yards into the end zone after P. Ryan gets him all the way down. And then, bro, they insert Chris Evans for literally like one snap. And he gets a touchdown. Super annoying. Um, there, I think the takeaway here for Samaj P. Ryan, other than what we've been saying for a month now, which is like if you have Joe Mixon, he's obviously a must-have, must is that I wonder if this performance in some way makes them say, hey, we need to go not full committee, but whereas, whereas with like 85% Joe Mixon right. – Prior to this, is it now 60-40, 65-30, even 70-30? Because, I mean, Pirine played more snaps in this game than Mixon normally does in a game that he starts. And I get it, Mixon's the star and he's the guy they're paying, but Pirine looked awesome. He did look awesome, and they looked awesome just overall. Jamar Chase was back to being Jamar Chase, uh, had the absurd one-hander that is just out of bounds. T. Higgins there catching touchdown. Like, this team is completely loaded, and if the offensive line holds up, which it did, then their offense is as good as anyone's. Yeah, Jamar Chase letting uh, Justin Reed know, you know, maybe don't talk about shutting us down <laughs> the week leading up to the I'm game. Just, that was a bad move. It, right. Not Meanwhile, a good by the way, idea. Bengals home to Cleveland next week, so you wonder if, especially in a game a week next week where you've got six teams on a bye, it's just a brutal bye week coming up in week 14, even if Mixon's active, Pirine might be flex-worthy given how bad the, the, the Browns are against the run and, you know, the fact that it's desperation and that, you know, he's just he's performed really, really well. I don't know that there's anything else to take away from the Bengals. The Bengals were the Bengals. Like, Burrow was good. Chase looked like Chase. Higgins got into the end zone. Like, P. Run, their running game was good. Like, this was great. And I don't know that there's a concern about the Chiefs other than this, guys. Like, it's Mahomes and Kelsey. It's Kelsey and Mahomes. And, you know, I guess Pacheco, nice game from Pacheco here. Yep. Got in the end zone, um, and uh, so did Jarek McKinnon on a pass. You know, Jarek McKinnon actually got more run than I thought he was going to get to, especially because he'd been banged up leading into this week. But it sort of feels like for as explosive as the Chiefs are, it's just a very narrow fantasy team. It is. This was, I think, more relevant from a real life and betting perspective for the Chiefs than from fantasy. Pacheco getting that work is encouraging, but outside of that, I mean... It's quite like a couple quiet weeks on a row for Travis Kelsey. Probably nothing to read into that because he is Travis Kelsey. But outside of that, I'd say the one thing is is that the Chiefs' schedule the rest of the way is comically easy. They played Denver twice. Yes, that's a decent defense, but not the defense it was. They played the Texans. They play Seattle, who have a bad defense, and they play the Raiders. So the Chiefs are going to be putting up big numbers. I think this was more of an aberration. So hearing that, I mean, can you still buy into Juju Smith-Schuster at all? Because this is yet another down week for Juju where that's starting to become reality and a consistent trend. 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, I sort of feel like with Juju, I, th- I think Juju is kind of, um, you know, as we talk about West Coast Mike Williams or East Coast Gabe, you know, Gabe Davis is East Coast Mike Williams. Mike Williams is West Coast Gabe Davis. Like, I feel like Juju Smith-Schuster is like Heartland Mike Williams, Heartland <laughs> Gabe Davis, right? I mean, like, seriously, because, like, he led the team in snaps, right? He led all Chiefs wide receivers in snaps. And so you're like, okay, if you're going to be on the field the most of any wide receiver with Patrick Mahomes, that's a good thing. But to your point, like, I mean, he's now had under seven fantasy points each of his last three. He's had under 40 receiving yards in three straight, under five targets all three. Now, one of them was the game that he got concussed in, but still, like, doesn't seem like he, he had this momentum that he has the bad concussion. And then since he's been back, it just wears juju. And so I feel like, to your point about the good schedule coming up, do I think there's going to be some good juju games out there? He, he was tied for the team. Uh, I take that back. He was not tied for the team lead in, in targets. Um, he, he only had four in this game. But to your point about the good schedule, I, I feel like you either have to always start Juju Smith-Schuster or never start him because, again, it's a similar thing, which you're just not going to know when he's going to go off. Like, we've had good games where it's like, oh, this team's really bad against the slot and he's done nothing. And they're like, this isn't a great matchup, and then he's gone off. So I think the issue with Juju relative to Mike Williams and Gabe Davis is that Mike Williams and Gabe Davis, they have a profile that lends itself a bit better to boom or bust, I think, because they just need one play, and then they deliver fantasy value. Juju's good games are like 8 for 89 Possession or whatever. Games. And I think as well, like, let's see what happens with Kadarius Tony and his injury, but that impacts Juju as well. Yeah, it's trending down for Juju. It's not a good spot for him. No, 100%, and you're right about that because Gabe Davis and Mike Williams have much more touchdown equity than Juju Smith-Schuster does. Juju Smith-Schuster's calling card is that he plays on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, and he's talented, you know what I mean? And so, as we just talked about that schedule coming up, which is really nice, by the way, and so I probably am not – I'm probably not dropping Smith-Schuster, but I'm probably, you know – probably benching him until we see it. He now he's like a Donovan Peoples-Jones guy. A little like bit. he's in that range, which right. is not what you wanted. No, he's, he's no, like, yeah, he's no a wide receiver for Moving over to the Eagles-Titans. I mean, the Eagles just essentially embarrassed the Titans with their former star wide receiver in this game. Maybe trading A.J. Brown wasn't the best of ideas. We could have told you that a long time ago. Jalen Hurts, your ride or die, throws for 380. This was a game, guys, where it wasn't it finally wasn't just the either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Both of these guys exploded in their passing attack. We expected this. We talked about this on Fantasy Football pregame that we thought that the uh, that the Titans would, um, the Titans have a really good run defense and a really poor secondary. And we thought that, th- we didn't think this would be a great game for Miles Sanders. It wasn't. He bails you out with a touchdown, but otherwise it was a fairly pedestrian rushing effort for the Eagles. But they didn't need to because they were throwing through the air uh, early and often. Jalen Hurts finishes, heads into Monday Night Football as the number one quarterback in fantasy. My fantasy ride or die. He now has six straight games with over 20 fantasy points. Seven straight games with a 90-plus passer rating. Most good? by an Eagles quarterback as well. So, yes, my ride or die continuing to ride and doing much better than uh, Jay's ride or die, Lamar Jackson. I just want to point that out. And I know it's out of the rundown, but I just want to take a quick t- time here to mention. Um, here, but I think the important thing is... Whatever. You're starting Jalen Hurts every week. Uh, A.J. Brown, huge game here. He was on the love list. We expected him to have a big game. He does have a big game here. I believe on Fantasy Football Game, one of my shots was top five fantasy wide receiver coming Dave, coming for A.J. Brown. He winds up as wide receiver three as we had into Monday Night Football. To me, guys, I think the story here is Devontae Smith. Yes. Who has now had four straight games with eight or more targets, five for one and two and a touchdown in this one, as Dallas Goddard has been out. 
they're still the passing volume has been there. It's just gone to Devontae Smith. And I don't think this is a fluke. No, I think as well that we're going to see a shift to the Eagles passing the ball more in these last few weeks. I don't think they want to have Jalen Hurts running it 16, 17 times as he was the two weeks before the game against Tennessee. Yes, tough run defense, but I think they do want to throw it more. I think Jalen Hurts wants to win MVP as well, which is now basically a coin flip uh, versus Patrick Mahomes. After Hurts gets the win, Mahomes gets the loss. But to me, the biggest thing in this game was Derrick Henry. What's happened to Derrick Henry? This is nine bad halves in a row for the former King, and they just can't do anything on the ground against an Eagles run defense, which, yes, has reinforcements, but still shouldn't be that dominant. Yeah, two things jumped out to me with that, Jay. Is the Titans' line is not the same anymore. They have one of the worst left tackles starting in the league at this current moment. Yep. They're not a good offensive line, and Nadamakin Sue has been a good addition for the Eagles. He looked great yesterday. He's Jordan Davis man. only had to play like six snaps, so... Not trend, things are not trending well for Derrick Henry, and that's more of a, a long-term concern because I think the Titans' offense is not trustworthy for him anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to, you know, what's positive here about Derrick Henry, and there, there isn't much. I mean, I get it. Like, that was a brutal game. We thought, the, we thought the Eagles, and teams. this is what teams are doing. Teams are selling out to basically stop the run, uh, and specifically Derrick Henry against the Titans. I think if there was um, something that you could sort of hang your hat on here to make you feel good-ish, right? Is he got three targets, he caught two passes. So they have been recently involving him a little bit more in the passing game here. And also look at their upcoming schedule, right? So next week they play the Jaguars, then they're at the Chargers, then they're home to Houston, and then they have Dallas. So the next three are like really good run matchups for Derrick Henry. So I get it. You're probably frustrated. If you have Derrick Henry, use a first round pick on him. You're like, he's been, you know, He's been costing me. Maybe I'm not going to get into the playoffs now because of it. But I do think against the Jaguars and the Chargers, who Josh Jacobs just ran all over, was one of the, you know, came into the week as like a bottom three run defense over the last month. So, yeah, Jacksonville Chargers Texans are as good a run matchup as you get for running back. So I'm not ready to bail on Derrick Henry just yet. But certainly raising my eyebrow, especially because, guys, part of the reason why um, teams, when they don't stack the box, is because the passing offense has been competent, right? You know, uh, the emergence of Traylon Burks getting Ryan Tannehill back in the offense, the Titans were suddenly, okay, fine, you want to stack the box against Derrick Henry, we're going to beat you. But Traylon Burks leaves this game with a concussion. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with him. He did score the touchdown, but then yeah. left on a left on pretty nasty hit. So we'll see. Hopefully he's back for the Titans. But if he's not, you feel you're a little nervous about that passing offense without Traylon Burks. Yeah, and if Traylon Burks is out, there's no one that you want to pick up in that spot. Like Nick Westbrook-Akine, Robert Woods, like I just think it's there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm if I'm truly desperate at tight end, Austin Hooper, sure. I could see and um uh, and I'm going to and I'm going to butcher his name. Um Oh no. Okonkwo? Oh, Chig? Yeah. Chig Okonkwo? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. Yeah, I'm getting even close. What was that? <laughs> Say it one more time. Uh Chig Okonkwo. I might have messed up the last name a little bit, but Chig. Oka- Chig. Chig. Yeah. Anyway, he has five targets in the game. Four for 68. He's a rookie. I know they like Super him a athlete. lot. Super athlete. Super athlete. Delaney Walker for that offense. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I know they like him a lot there in Tennessee. So he's an interesting streamer. We'll talk about him a little bit more tomorrow in the waiver Wire show. But just, I'm with you, Jay. Like, it's just, you know, please come back. Yeah. <laughs> please, uh, uh, you know, uh, heal safe and soon, Traylon Burks. Especially with how good he started to look. That was a yes. great catch. Couldn't believe he held onto the ball with the hit he took to the head. 
Another game with massive NFL implications, not just fantasy implications, but the Niners beat the Dolphins in a game that just had a laundry list of injuries go on during this one. The most notable one, of course, uh, was to Jimmy Garoppolo. We will get there in a second. But Christian McCaffrey, we've talked so much about his usage, guys, and then he finally gets a full workhorse, not just on the ground, but in the air workload in this game. Yeah, I mean... If, if you had told me there were all these injuries in the Niners-Dolphins game, but it wasn't CMC, I'd be like, okay, great. Yeah, I think that, look, CMC, this is going to be his offense now going forward. Uh, Brock Purdy, who looked fine. Capable. I thought Brock Purdy looked good. He had one of the best throws of the entire day yesterday where he checked into uh, the George Kittle pass over the middle uh, where the blitz was coming at him hard and he was able to do that. He was fine and I think that he's going to be decent enough with this San Francisco offense with Shanahan's scheme with the offensive line with Debo Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey. There's so much short game uh, there that this is going to be McCaffrey's offense going forward. Let's hear yeah. from Kyle Shanahan as well, because he did speak after the game on that Jimmy G injury and how it can impact things going forward. I mean, just hearing it, it was, it was pretty crushing. I mean, it's, we know what Jimmy's been through, how hard he's worked at this. You know, I, I got that news a little in the second quarter, um, so it was a little different for me, even just how happy we were with that game. That was a really cool game just as a team and all the stuff that went on throughout the game and just be able to overcome some things. And it was so, such a special win, um, but definite mixed emotions hearing about Jimmy. Um, I told the guys right after the game, and so I know that gave them some mixed emotions fast too, but um, it was a hell of a job by Brock coming in, stepping it up. He, he um, did a real good job today, and um, we're going to be ready to do our best to overcome this. G, one of many massive, massive injuries to the quarterback position on Sunday, guys. Jimmy G with the broken foot. His season is over. Tua leaves with the ankle, uh, but it seemed promising for Mike McDaniel. After that game, Lamar Jackson with a knee injury where the future is very unclear. Days to weeks is one way to put an injury report from the head coach. Matthew Stafford, of course, is on the IRJ. I mean, my goodness, this is this has massive fantasy implications across the board. It does. I mean, Tua, I think, is going to be fine. By all accounts, he will just play against the Chargers. It might not have been concern. going on most of the year, the way they spoke about this ankle. Yeah, which isn't great, but no. he's been, he was an MVP is. candidate until yesterday. I mean, Jimmy G's the big one where, I mean, that probably they were a top five Super Bowl contender, and now they probably just can't win <clears throat> the Super Bowl unless they get... Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield's awesome. No, 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 no. They'll be fine. Here's what's interesting. Like, we went from the 49ers, like, we don't want Jimmy G. Someone take him off our hands. No one wants him. Fine. We'll stick with him. We'll restructure his contract. Just sit here and, you know, babysit Trey Lance to, oh, my God, our season's over now that we don't have Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) It's true. Um, But the fact of the matter is, so I thought Purdy looked good in limited time. Like, he made some, whatever. I mean, you know, he gets thrown into a tough situation. Made some decent throws here. He's been in that system all, all season long. They signed Josh Johnson. This is now his third stint with the 49ers. He, um, look, Josh Johnson is, you know, he's played on like whatever, 15, I think this is his 15th different NFL team. And that doesn't include like the AAF and the UFL and all the offshoot leagues that he's played in. But, you know, Josh Johnson also played in the Jets system, which is a little bit similar as well. Um, I think they'll be okay at, at quarterback just because. For our purposes, like we can talk about whether or not, um, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders. But for our purposes, is he going to be able to hand off the ball to Chris McCaffrey? 25 touches yesterday. Yes, he will be. I think this is, 
you never want an injury to be good news. But it, what is the impact of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury on this offense? My expectation here is, is that the guys you care about will still be fine. Like, again, Kittle, you're still starting George Kittle, right? Um, I think this lowers Brandon Ayuk a little bit, obviously, because of the connection that he had with Garoppolo. But McCaffrey's still going to get a ton of touches. I think maybe you see Debo Samuel get more touches in the backfield because he came out of this game healthy, because they want to limit Purdy and or Josh Johnson if it eventually becomes him. And then you think about the other big storyline from the Niners to me was Jordan Mason, who looked really good there, 8 for 51 um, on the ground. Like We were wondering, would it be Jordan Mason? Would it be uh, TDP? Would it be Tevin Coleman? We talked on Fantasy Football pregame about Jordan Mason that Garoppolo had hinted that, hey, we think there's going to be a big um, game coming up for Jordan Mason. Ran with authority, like, you know, like looked really good. And so I think you could see Jordan Mason get an Elijah Mitchell-type role especially given the injury to the quarterback. Yeah, I think, look, I think there are two big losers. One is Jimmy Garoppolo, who broke his foot. He's clearly a loser. Two, I think Brandon Ayuk, to your point, who is more dependent on a high-level traditional passer. But I think I think this might actually be good for Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel because they're going to be so much more relied on in the offense. There's going to be more of the gadget stuff, yeah, more of the screen touches. stuff. Yeah, right. George Kittle will see he was two for twenty-two yesterday, which isn't great, but still, you would think. But he's a tight end. Like, I mean, the, exactly. the bar for success at tight end is so low. Yeah. Like, I'm not. If I had George Kittle, I'm not like, oh, got to look through the waiver wire. Like, you're going to yeah, take you're not what starting you get. Cole Komet over right, George exactly. Kittle, I mean, like, you know, even though Cole Komet had a nice game last yesterday, but like, yeah, we like Cole Komet. We like Cole Komet <laughs> here. Um, but you know, for our purposes, like in terms of a decision-making process, like sure. lower value for Kittle, but you're still. Yes, you're still starting him there, and I agree with you. Look, their upcoming schedule, Tampa Bay, then at Seattle, home to my commanders, and then at Las Vegas. So two two good matchups at Seattle and at Las Vegas, two tougher defenses against the Buccaneers and uh, the commanders, but that game, both those games, the the Bucs and commanders game, are in San Francisco, so... Connor, you're a draft guy, a draftman. What should we expect from Brock Purdy? Man, I, I was really surprised yesterday because he did not look like a draftable prospect. He was somebody that, as an underclassman, played really well and just kind of got worse as the years went on as a four-year starter. So I think they will keep things really simple for him. I'm talking about rollouts, checkdowns, more touches. Once again, like you said, with Debo and McCaffrey, just those jet sweeps. They are going to try as hard as possible to take the game out of Purdy's hands. And that's the right thing to do for a quarterback of his nature. Yep. The way the 49ers have won all year long and the way they'll continue to win, play really good defense, run the ball, conservative play calling. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And that's, they'll just be more of the same. Like, hey, we're just going to play really good defense and run the ball and try not to turn it over. So I agree with you. I think yeah. simplified. But again, for our purposes, I think the only big takeaway here is that Ayuk goes from somebody that you always felt really good about to somebody yep. that like, ah, it's more than that wide receiver, low-end wide receiver 3-4 range. Let's look at Miami here because this was a really tough day for an offense that has been high-flying high the entire year outside of Tyreek Hill, who of course gets his. But the running back situation, guys, Raheem Mostert, this is the first time he's out-snapped Jeff Wilson since that trade. But because of the game script, nothing was working on the ground for Miami. 61% of the snaps for Mostert. Um, and Jeff Wilson Jr. does has one rush for three yards. I don't know if it was injury related, whether it was game script related. I, it's a weird one, right? I, I'm sort of, but I will say again, they play the Chargers next week. The chart, you know, if you have a struggling run game, figure out a way to get the Chargers on your schedule. 
I it's actually think both. I think both are viable next week. I know this is a super disappointing game, but it's one game. Jalen Waddle also left this game early with an injury as well, um, and so my expectation here is is that just I'm throwing it out. Yep. A lot of emotions on the road at San Francisco. You know, student master, all that. You know, pupil and mentor, blah blah blah. Whatever you want to say. Um, uh, he left for that leg. Jalen Waddle left for that leg injury in the second quarter. He came back after halftime, but. Maybe wasn't 100% caught only one of his six targets. So, I'm sorry, five targets. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just chalking it up to whatever. Bad day at the office. I'm still back in on the Dolphins offense. Yep. Assuming Tua is starting next week. Yep. So, Chargers this week coming up. Then Bills, that's tough. And then the week after, home to the Packers. So, two of the next three weeks, really favorable rushing matchups. Also, then after that, they close the season at Patriots, home to Jets. They'll, they'll be favorites in four of the next five games. So, game script-wise, it should be okay. Also, they're only one-point favorites of the Chargers. I, that's my favorite bet on the board right now. I think the Dolphins are significantly better than the Chargers. Teron Armstead probably comes back, and Tua will play. So, I think they should roll the Chargers. Yeah, and that game is in Miami, I believe, right? Uh, it's in Los Angeles, oh, but still, still never think mind. The, the Dolphins should roll. All right, I still agree with you. Lions-Jaguars, this game had a giant, a second-highest point total coming into the weekend. It did not disappoint, but all of the points were on one side. The Detroit offense absolutely rolls. Jared Goff looking really good. Amon Ross St. Brown, and, of course, DeAndre Swift as well, guys. The Lions offense right now is pretty much a powerhouse as it stands, and Jacksonville just not much going right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, credit to Dan Campbell. And, I mean, we talked about Dan Campbell as, you know, a potential Coach of the Year candidate at the very beginning of the year in terms of his odds. One of those close games early in the year, they just beaten Minnesota or something, which right. they really should have done, I think, back in week two. And then they would be 6-6 six and six and they'd be right in the middle. They can they'd still make the down to the wire on Thanksgiving. Yep, this exactly. Is, this is a team that's much better than their record. This is a 500-level team to me. Yeah, and you know what? And so I think the, the big takeaway, again, Jared Goff, we talked about this on Fantasy Football Game. When he is at home, he's really good. He was on the love list coming into this week. He performs very, very well. He's the fourth-best quarterback in fantasy heading into Monday Night Football. Again, he's at home this season, now including this game as well. He's averaging 20.5 fantasy points per game. He plays the Vikings next week in Detroit. Um, so I, I think he's a viable streamer at least next week, next two games after that on the road at the Jets, at the Panthers, but then home to Chicago. So uh, I don't know that I feel good about him every single week, but I feel good about him next week, and I feel good about him in the sense that he can get the ball to Amon Ra St. Brown, the sun god, is the wide receiver two heading into Monday night, 32% target share um, since returning uh, from injury in week eight. He's the sixth best wide receiver in fantasy. To me, the big – but whatever – you know, he's a wide receiver one. We've known this. He did what wide receiver ones should do. To me, the big story of the Lions, not only Jared Goff's performance here, guys, but DeAndre Swift looked like, finally, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and we kept on waiting for this to happen, for eventually it to switch where DeAndre Swift went back to being the guy as he was in the basically just the first week of the season. Then outside of that, it's Benjamin Williams. But very encouraging. He looks healthier. And this offense is elite. Like, whenever they're fully healthy, they're just elite. And I'm going to say something. They play the Minnesota Vikings, who are 10-2. and two. I'm not sure the Vikings are that much better than the Lions, honestly. I think they're very close. I think the Vikings are better. 
because they are better at the quarterback position. Justin Jefferson is the best player across those two teams, but it, there's not that much of a gap. I think they're favored by one point, yeah. which is, seems wildly disrespectful to a 10-win Minnesota team, but it tells you what they think of Detroit as well. I came out of the game yesterday thinking the, the New York Jets are better than the Minnesota Vikings. Blew it in the red zone. No one yeah. likes the Vikings. They're just, they keep winning. They're 10-2. and two. Yes. It's unbelievable. Right. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They should be 6-6. Like, right. They doesn't good. count. They should be 6-6. Right. Mickey Mouse Super Bowl is what they'll call right. it. Right, exactly. Yeah. They won't count. You know, Vikings get no respect, but to your point about DeAndre Swift, 18 touches in this one. He played over 51% of the snaps which led all Lions running backs here. He actually ran a route on uh, 56% of his snaps, which is good, outcarried Jamal Williams. So it was the first game where DeAndre Swift sort of took control of that backfield, uh, and my expectation is, is that'll be the case moving forward. Jamal Williams isn't going away. They still like him at the goal line. He punches another one in on this one, but I thought this was uh, pretty interesting. Jameson Williams, good to see him back out there. Didn't do much. Yeah, Just Something get, to monitor. Get him going. Get him out there. Uh, Jaguars side yes. of the ball, anything, guys, that you uh, you took away here? I thought Trevor Lawrence would have a better day. Me too. My shot for shot was both Goff and Trevor Lawrence would be top 12 fantasy quarterbacks. I was one for two. Yeah. I mean, geez, they, they tease you the swag you are. They tease you. Yeah. After that Ravens game, thought that that was like a seminal moment for that franchise, for that quarterback, and then to serve this up, 40-14 to 14 against the Lions in a game they were favored. It was just a complete disaster. Travis Etienne does nothing, really. Trevor Lawrence does nothing, really. So just a disaster across the board, and uh, I'm out of the swag, you guys. I'm not going to even threaten Christian to Kirk, get back in. Christian Kirk, once again, a top 20 wide receiver, 6 for 104, five straight games now with a target share above 24%. Their schedule at Tennessee, home to Dallas, at the Jets, at Houston. Kind of a mixed bag there. You, you like the matchup at Tennessee for the passing attack. Yep. You like the matchup um, at Houston just overall. Not feeling great about home to Dallas or at the Jets. So, you know, just for if you've been counting on Travis Etienne, if you've been counting on some of these guys here, you know, uh, caution a little bit. This was a this was a bad day at the office. Lawrence looked like he was going to be injured seriously, but then came out for the second half, so he was fine. That was great news, but. Yeah, just, just when you think they've taken a step forward, and you're like, okay, all right, Trevor Lawrence, that's the guy. Then you're like, man. Yeah. Just like when my Twitter follows, like, I'll do it, and then I'm like, oh, my God, okay, you guys are all awesome. And then you do a joke, and you're like, half them get it, and you're like, ah, we were so close. Yeah, I think the big takeaway here is that if you've got someone going against the Jags, start them. Because that defense, particularly in the passing game, like, they can't get any pressure. No. And that's the thing with golf, is what we talked about yesterday on, on the pregame show, is that if you can't pressure Jared Goff, then he plays like an elite quarterback when he's kept clean with those weapons. And uh, with the Jags, they're not going to get pressure on anyone. Yeah, it's almost like they used the number one overall pick on a pass rusher and there's been no pass rush. Yeah, well, Crazy how that's that goes. the thing with Trevor Walker, right? Yeah, he's good in, like, coverage against the run. <laughs> Just, it's just insane. All right, on the West Coast, the Seahawks win a sweaty one against the Rams. This somehow came down to the wire against a Rams offense oh that there was no expectations. Seattle's defense struggles, but Seattle's offense explodes. Lockett and Metcalf both go for over 125 yards and a touchdown, guys. And Geno was absolutely cooking in this. He was. To me, the only takeaway, Seattle was Seattle, right? Geno's good, DK's good, Tyler's good, was the injury to Kenneth Walker, who left the game with an ankle injury in the first half. DJ Dallas also got hurt on the first play of the first half. He came back, though, and uh, got the majority of the work after him, uh, I should say. So, to me, that's the biggest story from this game, at least from the Seattle side, is what happens with that run game. Tony Jones, the former Saint, got some run here. Um, no Travis Homer in this game. Maybe he gets back by next week as well. But, like, if Ken Walker misses, that would be bad. 
very bad for uh, for fantasy managers. Pete Carroll said after the game that Walker, quote, jammed his ankle. Team doesn't know yet the severity of the injury as we shoot this Monday at, a, at 12.30. We'll see. I'll just caution you guys that just in general, Pete Carroll is very optimistic in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like a guy could, you know, like – Guy could get his leg cut off, and so it's like eh, it's probably a two-week injury. Yeah, Jimmy J, broken foot. What are right. gonna say about? We're gonna see. Saturday. He might. We're gonna Sunday. hopefully get him up this week. We'll like, out I, there. He's yeah. the most. So just hopefully follow the good beat reporters and everything like that. We'll try to make sense of Kenneth Walker, but DJ Dallas, um, potentially Travis Homer. My guess is that if Walker misses time, it'll be a bit of a committee there in Seattle. I don't think there's anyone that you really are desperate for. Yes, you probably pick up DJ Dallas, but at the same time, like this is Gino's offense. Gino was so freaking good yesterday. He is playing Excellent. at an incredible level. Yep. Uh, some of the throws that he's making. That last drive never felt like he was going to miss. Felt like a foregone conclusion. He was just going to score. And it's so strange because we complained for so many years that the Seahawks under Russell Wilson were run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. Now all of a sudden Russell Wilson goes and Geno Smith and then this modern, progressive, amazing passing offense. I don't think think that... Yeah, I just don't think that they're going to support a running back if it's not Ken Walker. I mean, now that we're seeing what Russ is doing in Denver, do do you think the Seahawks were run, run, run and everyone's... They knew. They were hiding him. They knew. They were hiding him. They knew. (laughs) They absolutely knew. Right. And everybody yelled, understandably, on Twitter, let Russ cook. If Geno's... The Seahawks right now are 7-5. and five. If they swap quarterbacks, if they had Russell Wilson, they'd be like 4-8. and eight. Like, Geno Smith is playing at a borderline MVP level. It's, a, it's the he, story of the and season. And he will win comeback player of the year, yes. I think. And uh, he should be in the MVP discussion. He won't be. Yeah. But he should be. I agree with you. In terms of, like, who's most valuable... The MVP award, it doesn't go to the most valuable person to their team. Yep. It goes to, you know, who's... Anyway, whatever. Best, that's on the a, best that's team, a, best quarterback on the yeah, best team, basically. Yeah. Much. It's look. It's it's Mahomes, then it's Hurts, and then it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and then Geno to me is fifth with Tua. Like yeah. he's been that good. He's been a top six quarterback in the league. He has other side of the ball here, guys. The ghost of Cam Akers <laughs> makes crazy. an appearance. Look like, good, Cam. Well, Off the milk carton. We we thought <laughs> we talked. Listen, carton. we talked about this on fantasy football pregame about the fact that hey, we we thought they'd have success running against the Seahawks. The Seahawks going into the into the week. We're giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I will just cop to this and say I thought it was going to be Kyron Williams and not Cam Akers, who, you know, like, they hate him. He's in the doghouse. He's a healthy scratch. They're going to try to trade him. They can't trade him, but whatever. And now, 17 for 60, he gets the two scores. He gets one target in the passing game. Are we buying it at all, or we think this is – I personally think – I'll just I'll, – I'll lead the witness here. I personally think this is a matchup-dependent thing. I guess, you know, if Cam Akers got dropped in your league and they got six teams on a bye next week, you're desperate. Okay, fine, but I, I don't know. I mean, the Rams do play Vegas next week, so, you know, suddenly becomes interesting. That's but a favorable the matchup. schedule's nice. Yeah. That's the one, the one thing. Vegas, Green Bay, Denver, and then if you can make it all the way there with Cam Akers, <laughs> the Chargers that we just cannot pile on yeah. their own defense. But it's just every week it's somebody different. Last week it was Kieran yeah. Williams. I just I don't know what to make of this offense other than just – it's probably best to ignore it. All, uh, Higby was bad. They were all bad in this one. John Walford got the start, um, and uh, they announced – Sean McVay announced after the game that Matthew Stafford already on IR, likely shut down for the season. I can't imagine Cooper Cup comes back at any point now. We know Allen Robinson's out for the year already. This is just – it's a dumpster fire in L.A., and I just don't imagine 
a scenario where you feel good about starting any of these guys in any given week. No, I don't think so. Akers would be the guy. Like, yeah, he was only three and a half yards per carry, but he looked, he looked good. He desperate looked flex. Yeah, desperate flex. Yeah. Uh, and that Seattle defense is really bad. It's a very bad defense. And, and they didn't do anything. I mean, like, you saw a little 2-2 Atwell. You saw a little Brandon Jefferson. Brandon Powell got some run in this one. But, you know what I mean? Like, I mean... You know, Higby got five targets, did nothing with him against Seattle. And it's just, again, they're playing Vegas next week, so maybe. But, like, that's week 14. That is win or get in week uh, for so many people in, you know, where you need to win to get into the fantasy playoffs. And just, like, you're really going to, like, all right, I'm going to leave my fantasy fade up to 2-2 Atwell. (laughs) You know? Or even Cam Akers. Like, I... Our last game recap here, the Jets lose a thriller. Came right down to the wire against the Vikings. But for the second week in a row, Mike White takes the Jets' passing game to a totally different territory than where they were at with Zach Wilson, guys. Garrett Wilson explodes. Eight catches, 162 yards. Mike White hits him on the bomb. This is a 240-yard day for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, yeah he was awesome. I mean, and, and, like, I don't even know if there's a takeaway now. It's just that other than, like, it's clear that just with competent quarterback play, Garrett Wilson is a superstar He's obviously a must-start going forward every single week. Uh, he's been nothing short of terrific, and you saw him after the game. Connor, I know you do because you cover the Jets closely. That's my quarterback. Like yeah. he, he did a uh, uh, Des Bryant, right? Oh, to Tony Romo. Like yes. that's my quarterback. I, you know, what it was special. I, special. I go to war for that guy, yeah. right? You yeah. know. So um, I, I think he was one of the guys wearing a Mike White T-shirt on the way into the game, right? At yeah. some point. Yeah. I, mean, they, I know some of them wore, wore Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about uh, Garrett Wilson other than just make a note of this, right? We think about last year, Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Waddell and how great they were down the stretch. Think about all the rookie quarterbacks that are sort of emer- – rookie wide receivers, I should say, that are emerging right now that are going to lead people down the stretch. And Garrett Wilson is at the top of them. Like, again, like – First-round drafted wide receivers, generally, like, we've seen Traylon Brooks the last couple of weeks. Jahan Dotson, you know, had a nice play. He's back for the Commanders. Like, I just, you know. Alave's we, been we, really we'll good. See, we, yeah. Alave's been great, and we'll see what he does tonight, but we expect a good game from him tonight. Just, you know, these first-round rookie wide receivers, it maybe takes them a little while, but second half of the year, they always seem to pay off. Yeah, and the thing with Wilson, it's not so much the 8 for 162, which is, like, he had 15 targets, and also he left a lot on the table. There was the bomb that he just missed, which would have been an 80-yard touchdown. Uh, he also really should have scored on that deep ball. Like, Where he stepped down. Garrett, yeah. he's a superstar. He's a locked-in borderline wide receiver one. To me, the story is, is uh, Bam Knight, the Bam Wagon, Yeah. Who just, he looks great out there. Five and a half yards per carry, like 29 carries the past two weeks. He's the guy, and like, Connor, you follow the Jets as closely as anyone. Is Michael Carter going to come back and be RB1? Not very soon. I mean, he's dealing with an ankle injury that's, that's you know, should be taken seriously. James Robinson just doesn't have anything in the tank right now. They don't lean on Ty Johnson very much besides the checkdowns. I mean, we said it on the show last week, guys. Go get Bam Knight. We did. And Bam Knight showed the Jets staff, I'm here to stay. Brees Hall's gone. Now it's really on me. 20 touches in this one, 118 total yards. Is now back-to-back games with over 100 yards from scrimmage. This is from a fan, as that. all of us are on the BAM wagon. Yep. That's me and Jay. I like that they put Jay in the Sauce Gardner yeah. shirt. That was very nice. From, uh, Salah's got Juicy on his shirt. That is, This is a hardcore fan, and there, of course, yeah. is, uh, uh, is that Mike White? That is yeah, absolutely Mike. Mike White. I don't know if that was Mike this White is, or if that uh, was you, being, if they put Tyler's <laughs> face on top of Mike no, White. No, we can't have Connor being Mike White. This is from uh, one of our viewers, Tyler Cole at Arizona Wildbanks. 
Thanks for putting this together. The really an incredible, incredible. Such image. a good idea. Better Photoshop than what our staff does when they put, the, <laughs> put us at the campfire, uh, which we like. So nice job, Tyler. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. We we talked on again fantasy football pregame. I was just like, you know, I'm patting myself on the shoulder here, and uh, because I said, listen, if I'm throwing a dart, it's Bam Knight. Sure. There's a lot of reports before the game that all three guys would be involved, and I was just like, no, 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 it's Bam Knight. Go get Bam Knight. And the reason I felt confident in that is because you know, yeah. Connor told me <laughs> Bam Knight's the guy. Yeah. yeah, man. But I'm happy to take credit for your Please intel. Please do. Yes. Um, fantastic. So uh, yeah, I mean, like Bam Knight's legit. He's going to be. He's, he goes into Monday Night Football as a top ten running back here, and my expectation here, Connor, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but even if Michael Carter is active, Bam Knight's not going away. Seems I mean, like basically Ty Johnson yes. and James Robinson would go, to yep. go away. Yes, no, Bam Knight is here to stay. I mean, they've been looking for somebody to take the reins since Brees got hurt. Michael Carter is a nice third-down back, change-of-pace kind of guy, but they're looking for that workhorse, and Bam is absolutely that guy. So we will take a break. By the way, I got uh, suggested on Twitter, you know, people were saying, like, hey, we need a baseball BAM. Yeah. Because, you know, how about the, the BAMBINO? There you go. That was they sitting were, right there Right for there. Us. We, we just, missed that. Uh, we did. Yeah, so we'll be a hot be fantasy we'll team name next year. The BAMBINO. <laughs> Weber back. Weekend Warriors. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Have we settled on a nickname? So I've heard sledgehammer and sword, yin and yang. Thunder and lightning has kind of played out. Down and dash. Yeah, I like down and dash. Uh, that may have a chance. We're not in the rest of to, to jump in. The ones we, we, we pick our name, like, it's stamped. It, it's stamped, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Ain't no switching it down. up. Yeah. So, you you know, gotta let just... it happen organically. Catch Michael Smith's full sit-down interview with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, along with every episode of Gets It at the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. All right, guys, time to go through the weekend Warriors, and who better to start with than those two? Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, a fourth quarter that got entirely off the rails out of nowhere on Sunday Night Football here on NBC. And let's hear from Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, two guys that share a backfield but seem to be pretty good friends. Yeah, I mean, that was big for us. You know, O-line, you know, they did a great job out there today, you know, blowing guys off the ball, you know, making it easy for us to find the lanes, pick holes. And, uh, you know, we just stuck with it all game. You know, it paid out. TP, man, he's so fast. Uh, he's just running by guys. I mean, a couple of them plays. He's out running the, the blockers. Uh, man, we, so you give him a little slither of daylight, he's going he gonna to take it to the crib and make you pay. 
Tony Pollard finishing the week as RB2, 24.6 fantasy points. Zeke finishing as a top 10 running back as well as the Cowboys' backfield explodes. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Tony Pollard's hut? I loved it. Yeah, I might get it? one for Pro Not big enough. Not big, big enough. enough. Yeah, Brian Robinson, I feel only. like he's cornered the hat mark. No, 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 no. Every running back should have a big hat. <laughs> yeah, it's just part Every of the run, game. When you, when you have a big game, get a big hat. Yeah. That's the rule. It's true. That's Still the rule. Still one of the strangest stories of 2022, um, that hat. It worked. I had a guy, I had a buddy of mine texted me before the game. He said, I'm in a close one. I got Zeke and Pollard. I can only play one. Who am I playing? And I said, you're playing Pollard. And I don't know that that's... You know what I mean? And I don't, by the way, not only was it the right call, but I don't know that it's that tough a call. I don't know that it was that, you know, sometimes people get into their own head and they just think too much. But, you know, I mean, like, it's all happening, right? You know what I mean? Like, all the stuff that we've been saying, like, he looks, he looks, he looks faster, more explosive than Zeke. The only question was, can he take the, you know, take the hand up? Look, I still think Zeke's going to have value because they're still going to use him when they get in close. Like, Pollard has exploded. And by the way, guys, they play Houston and then yeah. Jacksonville the next two weeks. Like, you like both Pollard and Zeke coming forward, then Philadelphia and at Tennessee. So you don't love the back half of the next four. But they're so good that this offense is rolling at such a high level. You're not really worried about it. And the fact is they've started to use Pollard a little bit in the passing game. They didn't need to last night. Like, they dominated. Like, I don't know if you saw Football Night in America. We did all our game picks. And, you know, in the game picks, normally we're supposed to, like, Ah, you know, this is what I'm looking for, and here's why I think we're going to win. And our producer, Matt Casey, was like, look, we're all, everyone's taking the, you know, the, the Cowboys, you know. But you're trying to say something a little bit nice with the – so, guys, just get through it quickly. But, like, um, Jason Garrett was trying to – you know, Tony Dungy was just like, well, you know, if Jonathan Taylor has a big game. And, you know, Tony Dungy, of course, close with the Colts, and that's sure. his former team and everything like that, and Jeff Saturday played for him. So he's trying to be nice. And even Jason Garrett, the nicest guy in the world, was like – Cowboys by 40. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he said this on air. And by the way, he came almost close. I mean, he was joking, and yet he came very close to being right. You know what I mean? So, I don't, I don't know that there's a takeaway here other than this. It was nice to see Michael Gallup get some red zone usage. We know about the talent. A little bit of touchdown variance there, but positive touchdown variance for Michael Gallup as well. You know, look, Cowboys are really good. Yeah. Cowboys are really good. I would be a little Hashtag bit analysis. Yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned about the pass catches for Dallas just because of these matchups coming up, and it's going to be the Pollard and Zeke show. Obviously, he's starting CD Lamb regardless, but Gallup is going to be touchdown dependent. I think very touchdown dependent. Here's the thing: so on going into Football Night in America, I gave my prop of under 244 passing yards for Dak Prescott. One of the reasons why he's thrown over 30 pass attempts once this year. Yep. Their defense is so good, and they're running the ball so well. They don't need to have the volume. CD Lamb's always going to get his, and Dalton Schultz is fine. Because because the, the bar is so low at tight end. But I understand that, right, it was nice to see Gallup get in there. He is touchdown dependent 100%. The Raiders pull off an upset win over the Chargers. Devontae Adams goes off. Josh Jacobs continues to be the league's rushing leader. I mean, Adams here, guys. Now, you're talking about 27-plus points in four of his past five games. He's just ridiculous. Like, it just, I mean, and what we've seen here is that, that when you are an elite wide receiver and you go to another team, like, generally, I mean, like, people were – People were nervous in the offseason, like, hey, you're leaving Aaron Rodgers, you're going to Derek Carr. Hey, Tyreek Hill, you're leaving Patrick Mahomes, you're going to Tua. Sometimes when talented players get paid and fed, you know what they do? Is they produce in big ways, and that's what we're seeing with Adams and Tyreek Hill. I don't know that there's a takeaway here other than, like, he's awesome, and for all of us who have you on our fantasy teams, thank you. Yep. 
It's, thank you. It's a thank perfect, you, Josh Jacobs. It's a perfect fantasy kitchen for that team as well because not only are Devante and Jacobs arguably the best wide receiver and running back in the league, I would have Tyreek Hill and Jefferson above, but whatever, it's close, is that uh, the Raiders are also bad. So they were going to be throwing all the time. They're bad. And, oh, by the way, they're, they're bad and they're banged up. So, you know, no Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller. I mean, I, when was the last time we saw either of those guys? And so you have a narrow target yes. tree, yep. you know, for who you're going to get the ball to in an offense that needs to score and be up-tempo quite a bit. So the good times will continue to roll. They play the Rams, then the Patriots, that the Steelers, the home to San Francisco. It's not the best schedule, but whatever. You're starting these guys until further notice always, you know, and they're worth the price in DFS. Like, what else can you say other than bravo? Yep. Commanders and the Giants end in a tie, the illustrious tie that we all love. Uh, Terry McLaurin, though, season-high 24.5 fantasy points. He just made some insane plays yesterday. He's very good. He's very good. What do you else want me to say? Yeah, I mean, again, we've been talking about this. Now, he's on a bye this week as the Commanders reset for the rematch against the Giants next week. But since Taylor Heineke took over, pocket watch to Heineke, right? He's the 19th best wide receiver in fantasy on a points-per-game basis. He's had over 100 yards in three of the past six. Eight for 105. Look, he's just a superstar. And as teams realize the commanders want to run the ball and they start, you know, uh, trying to load the box a little bit more, you're going to see that. It was nice to see Jahan Dotson. A lot of it was on that one big play. But, like, he's a talented rookie that was producing prior to his injury and, like, a little slow coming back. But nice game for him as well. By the way, very quickly, uh, two alerts that just came in via Fantasy Life app. Thank you so much. Free, first off, this is from uh, Brandon Gustafson, who uh, is the assistant editor at Seattle Sports. Uh, Pete Carroll says, Kenneth Walker III has a strain in his foot, not an ankle sprain, called it unusual and nothing heard of. He's never heard of something like this before, said it's an inflammation issue. Next step is trying to manage it this week in practice, and he can possibly play next week. Again, Pete Carroll is more optimistic than not, but this is certainly better than, hey, it's a high ankle sprain, or even a low ankle, or anything. So the fact that there's even the chance of playing this week is uh, great news there as well. And by the way, Brent Hunley has been signed. The, the triumphant return Let's to Brent, Brent Hunley, Hunley by the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Ooh, I wonder what that will ultimately mean for okay. Lamar Jackson Not going great. forward. Uh, all right, we'll get back on track here with the Packers, who Christian Watson continues his tear. This is fourth straight game with 20-plus fantasy points, eight touchdowns in his past four games. It was hard to imagine him to stay on this touchdown pace, but Watson has been the big play guy they were hoping for when they took him in the second round. Since week 10, he's the third best wide receiver in fantasy. He's now got eight touchdowns, a ridiculous eight touchdowns in his past four games, including three different multi-touchdown games. It's his fourth straight game with 20 or more fantasy points. Now, he's on a bye this week, but he comes out to the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings. You're happy about any of those matchups there as well. Again, as we talk about rookie wide receivers coming into their own and leading into the fantasy playoffs, Christian Watson is on that list. All right. Uh, We are going to take a break. When we are back, we are talking the downside of the weekend. Sunday Scaries coming right up. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. 
It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster and get the latest injury updates, player news, plus much more delivered right to your phone. Available in your app store today. Time to go through the Sunday scaries, the low moments of the weekend, and let's start with Aaron Jones and what was a great weekend for A.J. Dillon, Barry. Jones is playing through this shin injury and does not look right. Yeah, I mean, this should have been a monster game for Aaron Jones against the Bears, against that defense. You know, he gets involved in the passing game a little bit, 5 for 24. But, you know, he leaves with a shin injury, came back, tried to tough it out, but clearly wasn't the same, didn't have a lot of touches once he came back. It was the A.J. Dillon show, 119 yards, back-to-back games now with a touchdown for A.J. Dillon. They're on a bye this week, but I do think it's sort of interesting. We'll see the seriousness of this injury. Didn't seem that serious. He was able to come back, but he clearly was less than 100%. But it just goes to show you that A.J. Dillon can have fantasy value. He's sixth-best running back in fantasy heading into Monday Night Football. If Jones is to miss time, he's a must-have if you have Aaron Jones on your team. Regardless of who's quarterback coming out of this bye, like, I'm not 100% convinced it's Aaron Rodgers. I think it will be because they won the game and now they're still alive for the playoffs vaguely. I think it will be too, but I'm not 100% convinced. Sure. I think there's a non-zero chance. Uh, so, anyway, but just whatever. Really nice game for A.J. Dillon, but it was mostly because of matchup and volume because of the Jones injury. Deshaun Watson returns to the Browns' offense, but the Browns' offense looks horrific. They did not score a touchdown. Offense. Yeah, offense from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, air quotes around offense. Deshaun Watson looked like a guy who hadn't played in 700 days and also like a guy who hadn't practiced in 700 days. That was the worst, to me, the worst quarterback performance of the day. He looked horrific. The way he was short-arming throws, like that's just not what you see an NFL quarterback do. He looked awful in the summer, too. Yeah, Just go back to that. The combination of yesterday and the preseason makes me think that like it's, it's not gonna, he's not just going to show up mid to Sean Watson again this season. So I think it just it lowers the ceiling for all their pass catches. If you've been holding on to him, I think you still hold on to him. But I'm not starting him. I, I mean, I said this on Sunday morning. We, you know, we, we debated this. And I said, I'm in a league where I've, I've got him on a roster, but I'm starting Jared Goff over him. I want to see it before I'm willing to start him. Um, and this next week, again, Goff with another good matchup. I'm starting Goff again. Like, Browns are at Cincinnati, then home to Baltimore, home to New Orleans, home to Washington. That's a tough schedule. Those are, those are four good defenses in a row for a guy that doesn't look right. And I don't mind if you need if – you, if you have a quarterback you feel good about and you need the roster space – I don't mind dropping Deshaun Watson. I don't think you're going to regret it in a season-long league. Like, all of a sudden, he's going to take off Justin Fields style and become awesome. Yep. George Pickens had only two targets this week. That was tied for the fewest in a game this season. Visibly frustrated in this game. Kenny Pickett kind of got George Pickens going, but this was not a good week. No, and he's never been a huge target guy this year, George Pickens. I think Big we all guy. think that George Pickens is going to be a star going forward, but this year it's just all so uneven. That offense is so uneven. Pickett's playing better 
But still, I mean, the other thing is that their schedule is fairly easy the rest of the way. They might be running the ball, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Najee Harris uh, has shown signs of life. So, yeah, I don't think Pickens... I mean, Pickens, Deontay Johnson... They play Baltimore twice in the next four. Then they're at Baltimore, at Carolina, home to Vegas, at Baltimore. Uh, Carolina's defense has been... Has actually, you know, has been okay. Like, they've had some meltdowns, but they've also been okay. I just... It doesn't... I still... When my rankings come out this week, I'll have Pickens ranked ahead of Deontay Johnson. But ideally, you're not using any of them. Honestly, no. you know, Najee Harris and Fryermuth are the only Steelers you feel decent about and decent. Like, I'm yeah. not, I don't feel great about any of them against the Ravens next week. Staying in the division, Baltimore, Mark Andrews, back-to-back games under 55 yards. Lamar Jackson obviously leaves this one. He has now not scored since week six. I know, but, but what whatever. It's tight it's, first off, it's tight ends. And last year, Tyler Huntley started. He's going to replace Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson actually dealing with a multi-week injury. That's a huge story as well. We should talk about that. But in the four starts that Tyler Huntley made la- had last year, Mark Andrews had a 20.6 fantasy points per game. He had a 32% target share. I'm not worried about Mark Andrews. If anything, this might help Mark Andrews, yes. given how good he was with Tyler Huntley. Yeah. All right, we're going to take one more break. When we are back, last call, we are looking at Monday Night Football props. Thanks to our friends at BetMGM. And we'll get into Tyler Huntley more tomorrow during waiver wires. It is time for Last Call, and here are the most bet Monday night football props thanks to our friends at BetMGM. Guys, anything on the board that you like from the public or you are fading the public, which uh, Barry's followers, he's not a fan of half of them. So which way are we going here? If I had to pick one of these bets, Chris Godwin to score an anytime touchdown. I I like the odds there. Saints struggle against the slot, and so I do think Godwin has a big game here. Uh, as well. So remember, Saints give the ninth most receiving yards per game and most ninth, ninth most receptions, I should say, to opposing wide receivers. So if I had to pick one, that's the one I'm going with. Real quickly, I just want to talk very quickly about Tyler Lamar Jackson going down. We'll talk more about this tomorrow in the waiver wire. Massive impact, but in terms of the Ravens, Gus Edwards with a brutal game. I think they'll be okay to the extent you care about the Ravens. Like, he's going to be fine for Mark Andrews. And with J.K. Dobbins maybe coming back next week, the run game's going to be a mess regardless. Mark Andrews will be fine. That's all you care about. And I do think Tyler Huntley is worth picking up. We'll talk about more about him tomorrow in quarterback waivers. Yep, I'm with you. As we go back to Monday Night Football, my best bet for tonight, Chris Olave over 59 and a half receiving yards. He's 7-2 the over in the past nine games that he has finished. So that's my best bet. I love it, Jay. I'll tell you on that one. And I will go with uh, staying with the Saints. Alvin Kamara, longest reception over 13 and a half yards. They might be playing from behind this game. A lot of throws to Kamara. We know how good he is after the catch. Barry, where are you going tonight? Chris Godwin over six and a half receptions. He's had at least six receptions in eight straight games, doubled to targets five of the last six. I think Mike Evans struggles here, so give me the over six and a half receptions. For Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. Thanks for tuning into the happy hour. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.